Hey guys, and welcome back for 2021. We made it. We survived it. We survived. We didn't make it. We su- fucking survived. We survived 2020. Barely. Well, uh, look, we, we you, did okay. you had a routine. You were still working. You had your shit going on. Yeah, but I was also in the firing line of it all. True, true. You were the front line. You were a front line worker. I was a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, essential worker. Uh, finger air quotes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Essential um, worker. My fucking ass. But it is nice to cycle into a new year and feel as though there are possibilities. This year could be a good year. This year could be a big year for both of us. It could be a good year. It could be a better year. But the way it's kind of started with a couple of things, I'm like, mm, uh oh. Yeah, and again, like I, as much as I don't want to come back to it, but the. You know, the Simpsons episode that's predicted January 20th as being a bit of a a, a questionable day. Yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm a little bit concerned because they've kind of been a little bit right about everything so far. And also, I don't know if you've seen the memes online um, that uh, Mad Max. Yeah. That universe set in 2021. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. I did Um, not know that. mm. We could be going back to, um, we could be going apocalyptic. Well, let's just see Odia. what happens. Yeah, exactly. Especially with um, the way things are in the in America. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really have words for that uh, right oh, now. Oh, SpaghettiOs. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Brad. I'm Tony. And this is Rebels Without a Quarter. So guys, this thing is this is the first episode for 2021, uh-huh. um, and we don't really have seasons of this show. It's just one ongoing cavalcade of episodes. Yeah. Really, we don't yeah. do seasons or whatever. But since it's the first episode of 2021, I felt this time we should kind of go a little bit back to our roots. Okay, go back to how we started this show. What with you going uh, doing the whole? Uh, no, hey guys, no, no, it's. Okay, all right. I'll do a little quick flashback for you. It's <laughs> hey, hey. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, that is luscious hair. Oh, the luscious hair. That was that was a gem. That, that was. was a gem. But I'm more so going in kind of the structure and the format of what we used to do, sort of. But more so the topic and the content of what we're doing. I thought, you know what? Let's watch a relatively new movie. But then it turns out this movie was pretty shite. Yeah. It, so yeah. it's that old format of watching a shit movie. And tearing it apart. it apart. Yep. And we're generally pretty good with that. We I, haven't done it in a long time, though. No. That's the thing. But we, we really haven't. We've, we've been, been doing watching like the, good quality stuff. We've been watching good quality stuff. We've been doing shoot the shit. We've been doing conspiracy theory. So we've kind of dabbled in a bit of everything. And I think people will be a bit surprised by us actually saying how terrible this actual movie is. It's, you know, I'm just going to go out and say the title. It's Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. Now, it's... Me and you both realised it. I think you realised it because you saw it before I did. I and did. You, and then you unfortunately... Regret, regrettably so. And you unfortunately had to re-watch it again with me. I think it's mainly because you wanted to see my reaction. Absolutely. And so it's just... It's one of those movies where we're watching it. And then after you watch it and you start talking about it, you can't realising how much is, is wrong, wrong with, with it. it. Yes. There's just so much wrong with it. Yeah, it's I know. fucked. I know. And it's like, at what point... Like, where do you begin to deconstruct this film because there are so many different elements that I know when we debriefed after it that we literally pulled it apart down to its absolute core and it was still shit. Yeah, exactly. And it's it was hard because I was trying not to divulge too much into it because I wanted to save 
that conversation for this episode. Yeah. So it, it, that was still even holding back. Yeah, it was. You know, it's like, really? but I think you know. Now and then we had, and then we kind of met with some friends and talking about it with them, and then got even more into it. Like a fucking hell. Yeah. Oh. So I might, I might as well kick it off then. Um, let, let's just discuss. How did you feel about? Do you want to do like a really like a brief summary of the movie? Well, you can because that, that, oh, I, I'd rather uh, not rehash because okay. that just no, no. Me. Just just a brief summary of the storyline. Yeah, go go go. Okay, so I'll see if I, how quickly I can do it. So we get a quick flashback of one of Diana when she's a little girl participating in kind of these gladiator games. Um, she goes to kick ass, but then she kind of cheats. Che- she tries to cheat, um, and then gets pulled up on it and says, "You achieve nothing from lies." So it gets into the movie. There's this guy who runs, played by Pedro Pascal, Maxwell Power, was it? Lord. Maxwell Lord, sorry. Shit name anyway. So he's got this oil company, but it's doing really shit. And they find this ancient relic, which grants wishes. And then basically he gets a hold of it and becomes like this evil god that can grant wishes through lies. It's like it's kind of like on the principle of alchemy where it's equal exchange. So in order to get something, you have to give up something of equal value. So... Um, so it goes from there. And then, yeah, Gal Gadot shows off her absolutely gorgeous beautiful self yes that's one thing i can't fault she is i, I still think she's the perfect wonder woman yeah she's amazing on that um but yeah so then a nerdy chick becomes badass and then gets corrupted by power and doesn't want to give it up and then yeah and then we see wonder woman flying around the sky like spider-man slinging through new york city for some reason yeah uh and then she pulls out this golden eagle armor for some reason again and yeah uh, yeah, honestly, like, what else can you say? That's pretty much it. All right, yeah. so let's talk about grievances here. What's your There's first so one? so many. Okay, let's just break it down. What's your first one? The Okay, so let's say the... Well, all right, let's touch on the 80s. The 80s feel to the whole movie. You put up a good point when you, when you said to me, why did it have to be in the 80s? Yeah. What was the point of it being in the 80s? Yeah. It brought no relevance to the story. It didn't continue off of something. It didn't continue anything towards like the kind of that DC universe feel. It was a standalone thing, and it's like, what was the point of it? There was no point to it apart from, hey, let's make something in the eighties. And then, the like you know, watching DC, and this is something that I've always chronically said to you. You know, Marvel always had their hand at kind of doing a bit more fluffy, light-hearted sort of stuff. Mm. DC was a little bit more grittier. Yeah. So, bringing in from what we saw from the original Wonder Woman, where it was epic, it was a great film. I can't fault a lot of it, but moving pretty much into- just the boss, the boss of the fight at the end was Correct. the only yes. problem with it. But everything else was fine. But being said in the eighties, there was this very, very fluffy feel to Wonder Woman eighty four, and I was sitting there going, "The relevance of this is what I didn't like. The whole the colorfulness of yeah. the film, yeah." It just threw me out. And like I said to you, it's like, it was set in the 80s. I, okay, if you want to do that, go ahead. But why did it have to be so camp 80s? Yeah, yeah, it really was. For kind of the, the undertone that they had through a lot of it with like the happenings on and how the wishes were fucking up the world and whatnot. Yeah. Why was it still so camp? They, and like, what I was thinking about this the other day, um, not long after we had that conversation. With Pedro Pascal, right? So, obviously, it was a very fluffy kind of colourful, you know, backdrop to the actual film itself. Yeah. But 
with DC's character and that kind of vibe that we've gotten in previous movies, it would have been really great if Pedro Pascal had actually, after he'd absorbed the crystal, gone into like a really dark character, like corrupt he, with power, like super corrupt. Well, I feel like he did to a certain degree, but I, I actually, you know, personally, I liked his performance. It's a great performance. I, I thought that. that he portrayed someone losing, like going mad. Is there, not so is much there a getting, bias there for you, though, because he's no, no, Mando? No, no, set, set aside Mando. Okay. I'm just looking at the okay. way he portrayed Maxwell Lord. I felt like his portrayal of going from like a desperate, down-on-his-luck guy yeah. to basically getting everything he wants, but then also sinking into madness and yeah. losing his mind. Yeah. That's what I did like about his performance. Okay. That's probably what impressed me the most. Yeah. Because it wasn't so much like losing it and becoming like evil and like you know yeah. it was him he, he was literally losing his mind yeah like he wasn't seeing sense he wasn't going like it didn't seem like he cared what was happening apart from him getting all this power and immortality yeah right so he was just literally going mad without thinking of any of the consequences which i like that yeah it's, it's a vil- it's Look. a it's a villain trait that i haven't seen in a long time yeah i haven't seen something like that since joker and, and and this is the thing. Well, like, not Joker movie. But I would have liked Ledger to Joker. have seen him go another level of maniacal, just crazy th- ridden. But I don't think that's what the character was. I know, but if th- it was, you know, I can't even remember the fucking god's name. But if he was like, if the that god had yeah. inf- like had taken over his body, then yes, hundred percent, I agree with you. Yeah, right, because it's the see god. that would have been a cool twist. I would have liked that. Could yeah. just add another layer. To what the story was, because yeah. it was, you know, essentially three quarters through the movie, you had a pretty good understanding of the direction of what was going to happen with Pedro Pascal. Yeah. That he was going to have to come back at some point as just how he was going to do it. That was up in the air. Yeah. That's the only piece of the puzzle I didn't yeah. know how to put together yet. And uh, look, it kind of made sense. Well, spoilers. Um, it kind of made sense that Diana kind of made him see the truth yeah. by actually having the lasso on him. Yeah. So that kind of made it made sense as to why he finally saw reason because it's a magical item that yeah. you know. And see, probably another little problem I have with it: it's a very linear story. Yeah, there is nothing layered about that story. No, and I think what Marvel ha- is starting to do now with a lot of their more recent movies is have extremely complex and deep, intricate layers to the way. Yes, we might have you know, a Thor baseline story, but then there's a weaving in of, okay, Thor's relationship with his mother or something, you know, you, you start getting a picture yeah. and developing something new and you're like, yeah. oh, okay. But all they had in this was just Diana's relationship with uh, with Steve. Okay, perfect was. segue, Steve. It, Chris Pine did all right. Okay, well, you know. I, I, I hate him. I'll agree to disagree. I hate this. him because he, get to, he got to kiss Cal, Gal Gadot. Cal Fuck Gadot. You. Someone's mind's preoccupied. No, it's not, actually. (laughs) It's just my stuttering dog self. Um, Yeah, like, I hate him because he got to kiss Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot, yep. For fuck's sake, shut up. Well, you're the one doing it. Leave me alone. Sorry. Mm. Anyway, but he he played the role well. I think, like I said to you that, like, after we watched it, I think the part that I liked from him the most was when, well, it was... The scene was definitely too long, but when she's showing him around the world and he's like seeing all this shit for the first time, it's yeah. just so it's like a like a new child coming into the earth and finally seeing for the first time. Yeah, you know, it's just like he's amazed by everything. I thought he did that really well. 
He did. Um, I think just my issue, and I pointed this out to you, is Steve in the first one had a bit of depth to him. He was a man's man. Like, you know, obviously he was a 40s kind of character. So, you know, he had that quite a prominent feel to him, like being a pivotal part of the story. Yeah. In this, and, you know, it's the perfect way to reference it, but he was an accessory. He was a fucking handbag. He was a fucking, he was a guest handbag is what he was. This kind of feeds into the idea of what I was saying to Tony about the social commentary side of things. Like, I don't know if Patty Jenkins, when making the film or consulting with the story writers, tried to infiltrate, you know, and weave through the ideas of female power or any of that coming through. But they really pushed Steve's character to the side. Yeah. When in the first one, he was such an important aspect of Wonder Woman. Yeah. And he was a side character, but he at least made a difference and mattered. Exactly. In this one... He was there, but again, he that's was a all handbag. it was. That, that he was just there. Was there just was the nothing handbag. else. So that kind of really threw me off. I'd already, I built an affinity for him in the first one. So I was like, I was really looking forward to. All right, how's he going to be brought back into the second? Yeah, when he gets brought back, and like, I was like, what is this? Yeah. Like, why have they done this? Like, yeah. If that what it was going to be, they should have just left him out. I yeah. would be completely fine with that. Yeah, and build her story more then. Like, yeah. give me something more from her. Yeah, develop her. You know, m- maybe working through and understanding, okay, well, you know, Steve's, the lingering thoughts of Steve are still there, but I need to move on um, and just figuring out Especially, her space. Yeah, it's kind of weird that for a character as strong as Gal Gadot, well, sorry, not Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, for her character being so strong to be how many years after the war? That's what, another 40 years? 40 years after the war. And still lingering lingering as if it happened yesterday. Yeah. Like, yeah. really? I I like, I've been through mementos. grief myself, right? It Like, over time, it does not stay like that. No. I know everyone handles it differently. Yeah. But 40 years? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't buy it. Yeah. I do not buy it. And see, this and is- And clearly that's coming from someone who's never dealt with grief before. And see, this is what makes me think, like, Patty Jenkins has done, you know, tried to capture- the essence of what Steve was in the first by bringing him back and trying to create something, you know, where obviously there was an audience base that really enjoyed his character and for her to then incorporate him in. And even the moment that they shared when they were saying their goodbyes, it's a horrible moment. It's a shit moment. There is nothing that pulls on your heartstrings. There is no emotionality to it. And I just kind kind of sat there going, you've given that no room to breathe and you've given it about a minute and a half sequence. I understand where you're coming from and I agree with you, but I do see it in another way as well. Okay. I see it as Diana's an Amazonian. Yeah. She's been brought up that way. She's been through war, right? And for her to do it the way she did, she had that little breakdown, but it's that strong personality coming through going, nah, just rip it off like a Band-Aid and handle it like a warrior would, like especially when she's running off and starts screaming. Yeah. And right. again, I love that part. I yeah. love that because I, that's that's why I see it in a different light. Like, <coughs> yeah, it didn't have anything, but at the same time, it did for a split second. Yeah, but I'm just saying what sh- to talking about the significance of Steve for her, and that she's still holding on to it forty years later. Yeah, you'd imagine him coming back would be a, a complete shock, and then to let him go again. It would, that'd tear you apart. Like, yeah. for anyone, anyone yeah. dealing with or has lost someone, 
to have them come back into their lives and then have to lose, and then them to, have all to over lose again. again. Yeah. Like it should have been a horrific moment. Like yeah. it could have captured something that pulled the audience in with an emotional tone that it was, he's never ever captured and throughout I that feel, whole film. And I feel that after that, it should have made Diana a lot more aggressive. Absolute beast mode. Uh, Fucking should have been switch it on. Fueled by the pain and loss of losing him again. Yes, yes. Because I that's that because that's something that DC do so well. Yeah. And yet they completely ignored it. Like why would what you do that? What instances in DC have you seen them do that? Think about come on. The biggest no, 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 example, I'm just curious. I'm the just biggest curious. example is Batman. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. He's constantly angry about losing his parents. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. And is always vicious because of it. And then, you know, I suppose in Superman as well, to see him, how protective he is over his parents, like... Or even of Lois. Exactly. So... DC is rife with that motif. They've got the perfect formula for emotionality. They just never utilize it properly in a Mm -hmm. lot of the movies. Oh, they? DC, yeah, yeah. At least said Dave. I don't know. No, 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 no. Like, who's Dave? Um, Who's Dave? Dave's not here, man. (laughs) Um, But... That's what kind of baffled me about Wonder Woman because there was such a hype about this movie coming out. Yeah, and but especially I, before, before it kind of hit us here, hearing things like, oh, they're already signed up for a third one and all that sort of shit. It's like, okay, this must be pretty good. Yeah. And the original trailer looked awesome. And then you watch it, you're like, wow, really? That's <laughs> what I sat through? For how long? Two hours and, and ten, minutes. ten minutes? Yeah, Can I... And you've seen it twice now, so you've lost four hours and 20 minutes of your life. That I'll never get back. And I want it back. Yeah. No, I want, I want, I, I want, I want my, my money back. back. I want my money back. I didn't spend anything, but I give me money. Pay <laughs> me to watch it. But I want my money back. Fucking pay me to watch it. Fucking hell. Like, it just... Oh. And then, okay, the, the, the elephant in the room here. Go. The fucking... The fight choreography and the special effects. Let's start like, with the special oh, effects. The running. Her running at super speed, it's fucking awful. It is so bad. That's so understated as well. Like, unless... If you haven't watched it yet, please do so just for the fact to see her run. Because I guarantee you, you will be as disappointed as us. What it looks like, it's as if they were doing a meme TikTok of the Terminator... Of the T-1000 running in Terminator 2. Literally. Literally. Literally what it looks like. It's like... What the fuck is that? For a multi-million dollar Warner Brothers production, that's horrible. And that's you think, terrible. You think about what Warner Brothers have done in terms of special effects in certain movies. Yeah. And that that's what they could scrap up yeah. and come up with for, you know, one of their canons. And in I the know whole- that people are probably going to say, oh, but COVID this, COVID that. Look at a bunch of other movies that came out this year with special effects. Um, They did pretty well on their own. Or even TV shows, for example, um, <clears throat> Mandalorian. Uh, let me even break it down for you more. There was what? a movie called The Host that was on Shutter, mm. and it was a really low budget because everything was filmed on Zoom. Yeah. So that came out, and that was the highest watched um, movie. Yeah. Out of all of Shutter. Yeah, like, but what did that have as far as special effects? effects? So, like, in terms of like the spirits and apparitions and all the stuff that they try and create. I would claim that the special effects in that were fucking ten times better than what I watched in Wonder Woman. That's how fucking bad Wonder Woman is. It's so bad. It's And even like that opening scene in the mall where oh, she's kind of zipping around. You can, ta- you can just see the wires pulling her around. And it's it's like, not natural or organic fuck, motion. Man. 
the motion and the movement does not look natural. Yeah, literally, she's like leaping and flying around. It's like, well, could you at least, I don't know, maybe if she's jumping from the floor to the top, to the second floor, I don't know, maybe make her land on the railing and push off from the railing to give yeah. her momentum to make it actually seem legit. The only- Or even like, kind of like, I don't know, maybe like a run and then kind of a kick off a wall to propel herself up. The only, that sort of shit, the you only, know? Make well, it somewhat believable. The only point I ever felt like that the fight choreography had a little bit of substance to it yeah. was when Cheetah was fighting the guys in the, um, uh, in the building, um, with the president's office, like, even then. No, no, no. I'm not saying Wonder Woman. I'm saying I know, Cheetah even in her then, general fighting. Even then. I was like, okay, that's a bit more. I nah, can even that. then, there were some things which were just like, oh, give fuck. Yeah, no, look, ultimately, no. I know, like, it was shit. It was pure garbage. Yeah. Um, And I can't, there's no way to even frame it in a way where you can kind of support it and say, oh, yeah, no, nah, but that was pretty good or. There, there was no moments like that. No. Even that scene when they're in Egypt and they're in the trucks, no. I was like, this is a train wreck. Well, well, it's the, it was the train wreck as soon as she got out and started running next to the car. Oh, that was bad. What the fuck? Oh. That was real bad. It was so... Oh, just it just horrible. makes me wonder because, like, with Patty Jenkins, right, you know, I had a look at some of the previous stuff that she's done and she's not exactly a shit director. She's got a she's got a pretty good filmography. She directed the first one as well. Yeah. So it baffles me that it must mean that there were some other elements involved in the production process yeah. that didn't align with what the vision was, what they had with the first one. Yeah. So was it the writers? Was it the producers? I don't know. I don't know. I'm really skeptical that there was some mishmash of something that happened that yeah. it just didn't translate to the screen. No. So whether the dialogue in the script read really well and they're like, oh, this sounds fantastic. Yeah. But then when it was created, it was just like, uh, What the fuck just what? happened? What did you just do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's And really you know what I don't understand as well? I think that one of the things that's making me kind of the most, I guess, angry with this, looking at a lot of reviews, the critics are pretty much the same as what we're saying. But the audience are loving it. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Yeah. I, it, what, what was it that you saw that you liked? I don't understand. Explain it to me. I, Comment. Tell me what's good about it. Because there's fucking, there's fuck all about it. So, in essence, looking at the movie for what it was, I can't grapple. And I've tried piecing it together about how, what was the ultimate vision? What were DC trying to do? With the release of this movie, that's the that's the where thing. I'm not sure. I don't understand. Like, I don't get where does it fit or what they were trying to achieve by releasing this movie. Yeah. Other than providing some social commentary and you know doing the whole thing of like, oh yeah, girl power. So do you feel because like- that because I don't know about you, but I felt it was pretty rampant through the whole movie. Was there any like other apart elements? from Steve, every other guy in the movie was a piece of shit. Was there any other elements to the social commentary side of things that you felt like, oh, why did they need to incorporate that as well? What do you mean? Like, just in general of social commentary. Like, well, I just said it. Apart from... The- apart from every guy being depicted as a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, I guess... I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Well... Nothing comes to mind. Side note, right? So I'm looking at IMDb at just some of the people's reviews of essentially what Dave has said about Wonder Woman. Yep. Listen to this. 
I'm not even going to write a lot here. All you need to know is that this is potentially the worst DC movie out of the lot, and it's not exactly a high bar to overcome. What a shambles. So disappointed. Yep. Too long, too slow, quite uninteresting, an absolute ton of plot holes. DC destroys another movie. Did Gal Gadot forget to act? Don't waste your time. Gal Gadot cannot act. Full stop. The script was atrocious. Nothing flowed. Best parts of the movies are the supporting cast. And the best one minute of this movie was the after credit scene. Do not waste your time. I wouldn't say that was the best part of the movie. No, I wouldn't either. That, it was a nice little nod. Yes. But other than that, it's not that amazing of a scene. No. And, you know, I sat there trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. I, every, when you first watched it, right? When I first watched it, I'm right. sitting there going, all right, I'm going to be receptive to the next scene. I'm going to keep an open mind to see what they can potentially do. Uh. I think when I lost any semblance of interest was, like I said, when the Egypt part. Mm. That just completely shot me down. And then that whole scene with the Golden Eagle and the fight with her and Cheetah, the, the the scene of the fighting, there was no fighting. Like you said, it was Cirque du Soleil. It was. That's what it felt like to me. It was it really did feel like that. In And the also, air. we didn't discuss it further, but I want to discuss it further here. Explain to me... Why was Diana able to electrocute Cheetah in the water without getting electrocuted herself? Oh, I don't have an answer to that. Please explain that to me. I don't know. Was the golden suit, had? did it have rubber insulation so she didn't get electrocuted? Did she have the suit on at that? Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. But um, how did that stop her from being electrocuted? I don't know. I'm. That is the biggest load of shit that I've ever seen. It didn't explain why she was like that resistant. It just happened. Like, what the fuck is that? But there was... For a movie in 2021, that is absolute garbage. There's so many different movies now, though, that I find when you watch the the amount of plot holes that you can find. And I think, you know, after doing cinema for so long now, I understand if it's more of a low budget, you know, kind of independent flick. Exactly. You'd forgive it because it's a low budget film. But this was not low budget in any way, shape or form. And when you have the finances behind it and the production value, the directors, the scriptwriters, all these people who get paid a fuckload to do a job and that's what they produce, it just leaves you disappointed. Hard. It just makes me wonder, like, how the fuck did these knobs get get the job in the first place? I don't understand. How did you get that job when there are clearly hundreds upon thousands of other people that could do it? Ten times better. Like you look at a lot of these like YouTube YouTube channels now, like they've got some like half decent budgets. The content they're creating of doing their own like DC yeah. sort of stories and stuff, they're incredible. Like there's a channel called Bat Under the Sun. Yeah. Sorry, or Bat in the Sun, one of the two. Um and some of the content they've made is fucking ridiculously good. Okay, so have you heard of Jeff Johns? Yes. I used to love him. Okay, well he was one of the writers. You know, you know, you know. All right, for a bit of background context for you, yeah. Jeff Johns is the head of DC Comics. Why is he writing? He used to write, and the stuff he used to write was great. I used to love his comics. What but changed? After, I don't. Ever since he started doing movies, his writing went to shit. Okay. I don't know what happened, or whose ass he has to lick, or who, how much he has to compromise as a writer. For his own creative freedom, but eh, his quality is to shit. So one of the screenplay people mm-hmm. who is essentially their job is to translate it to screen. 
um, is this guy Dave Callahan. Yeah. Some of his previous work. Go on. Godzilla. Which one? The newer one. King of Monsters? Or the, no, or the just Predator. Godzilla. Okay. Yeah. Zombieland. Yeah. The Expendables. Yeah. The Expendables 2. Uh, Doom. Oh. So I'm kind of detecting a trend in someone not being able to trend. Ruth got him and go, oh, he looks, he's good. We should get him. How do you not look at his past work and go, especially after all the backlash that DC movies have gotten? How do you not learn from your fucking mistakes? And they keep making the same ones over over and over over and over again. Over and over. Like, I don't know why Warner Brothers are persisting doing more DC movies in its current universe is they're going, you know what, fuck it. Let's just scrap this shit because we've bombed, we've fucking bombed hard. Let's just put all the production effort and all our resources into doing the Flashpoint movie yeah. and reset this fucking universe and start again. But, oh God, can you imagine if they reset it and then fuck it up again? I have a feeling that's probably what they'll do. It would not surprise me. That's if, obviously, the Flashpoint movie is absolutely a go-ahead. No, it is. Okay, that's, so that's, it's confirmed. That's the Flash movie that they're doing is Flashpoint. Oh, okay. So that's the story for yes. us. Okay. Yes. So it is coming, and I don't understand why they're planning on doing other movies in the meantime. Like, don't bother with it. Just don't. Because what else do they have in the works currently? Is there another Aquaman coming out? I think so. Yeah. I. Uh, but yeah. I wonder if that's coming out after Flashpoint. Because that could change change a lot of shit. So maybe with... Because do you know if the Flashpoint movie has essentially been made or is that in production? I'm pretty sure it's in production or it's in pre-production. So maybe there is some kind of timeline that they understand with what's already been written with the Flashpoint movie and hence aquaman the new one has already been written around that maybe and you know it's things like this that is making me nervous like we got hyped up after the dc showcase right absolutely it's and majorly because of the trailer for the batman that is right but now i'm getting worried because if this is who they're picking as they're writing and and producing talent then because like i said to you last time dc have a really good habit of making awesome trailers yeah, they and do. then the movies come out like ass. Yeah, it's very true. I'm and it's know. making me nervous because that Batman movie looks awesome. But what if they're going to do the same thing? Make it, the trailer look amazing and then the movie's a pile of shit. Okay, so... And, and especially hearing things like um, Rob Pattinson having dramas with Matt Reeves yeah, at the moment. Yeah. as well. It's like, oh, no. Okay, and I it's trust... Just, it's, it's becoming a train wreck. The new Batman has a director, uh, a writer by the name of Peter Craig. Okay. Previous stuff he's done, The Town, I fucking love that movie. Right. Epic action. Okay. Mockingjay. Yep. Bad Boys. Uh, Bloodfather. Brilliant fucking film. Never heard of that one. 12 Strong. Brilliant film. Okay. Yeah. Um, he obviously had a lot to do with uh, The Hunger Games by the looks of it. Yep. Um, and then, all right, so who's Bill Finger? Oh, anyways. Uh, the name sounds familiar. So there's a few. So Matt Reeves, that dude, and this other guy, Matson Tomlin. Yeah. Oh, dear Lord. Mm-hmm. See, this is what makes me nervous. He wrote, oh, was one of the writers on Project Power, the Netflix movie. Oh, the one with the... With Jamie, Jamie Foxx, Fox. yeah. Yeah. So... Oh, that was a bit of a meh. It was, it was okay, but it was a, not really much of a film. So it was meh. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, look, I don't have great faith... 
in their the writing yet, apart from that one guy. But so, again, I mean, that one guy has got good sort of he's got a good filmography, but at the same time, just because it's a good filmography does not mean it's going to translate to making a no. good comic book film. And see, because as you know, most of the time, the people who make the best comic book films are fans. Yeah, of course. Right? If you're not a, like a if you're not a, like a pretty big fan of the franchise, then your quality is going to be pretty piss poor because you just don't get it. Yeah, no, I get that. I get you know? that. That's why, for example, the likes of John Favreau and Dave Filoni and Kevin Smith. Yeah. The, that's the reason why a lot of their stuff is brilliant. Yeah, of course. Okay, because they get it. Yeah. They get where the feel of the comic comes out in in live action and how to translate it over. These guys just don't get it. They try to replicate stuff that they've done and adapt it to a superhero setting, which it doesn't work. No, no. You have to take it from a different angle. Yeah. Um, but I was actually thinking the other day, just on a side note, so, like, obviously, there's a lot of franchises coming out now where they're establishing, like, quite large and expansive universes, right? It's because that's what people want. Yes, of course. And you know what? I'm, I'm part of that. I, I want bigger universes. I want, you know, I mean, we haven't had a big, like, other than Marvel, we haven't had a big kind of universe since the likes of Lord of the Rings, uh, The Matrix, yeah. those sort of big expansive trilogies, you know? Yeah. We haven't had anything like that in a long-ass time. Like, there was Hunger Games. Yeah, right. The Hunger Games saga. Um, you're a big fan of mate of the Maze, Maze Runner, Runner series. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we haven't had anything big like that. No, not on that grand scale. No. Um, and I think something they need to do something like that and not be a repeat of something else or a redo. It needs to be an original thing that people can get interested in. True. True. But what I was going to say was, so in terms of those new universes, I feel like there is potential that with the new Mortal Kombat movie, I'm telling you. I'm telling Depending you, on the success of that, I'm telling you, don't get your hopes up too high. I'm not. I'm not. But because again, no, no, no. But you have. It's you a, already have. Okay. I You've trust. Gotta, I put my faith in the director because I know what he produces. Again, pull it back. Just pull it back. For the moment, I'm going to go in reserve, with expectations. Reserve yourself because you're only going to lead yourself up for disappointment. But I don't get, like, crazily disappointed with, like, lots of stuff. Like, you hated Justice League. I don't hate it. I'm like, it's just, eh? I told you never to mention that movie. Yeah, well, I did. I said the taboo Why would you mention that movie? (laughs) You fucking... (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Fucking... Um, I can't even say it! There's certain kind of, like, I suppose with Mortal Kombat, there's the nostalgic feel for me, like, having grown up with it and... Well, look, I'm the same as you. Trusting James Wan as a visionary director, because he fucking is, to do that right, because it is dark, it is gritty, it's going to have fatalities, it's going to have a hard R rating. So I'm okay with that idea. But I I get where you're coming from, but you're seeing it from the perspective of his horror stuff. And I hope it translates into that. Now, I don't know, I've just got that gut feeling that it's going to be more closer to what we got out of him from Aquaman. It better not be. I'll, I'll gauge thing. that from the it's trailer. It's just the gut feeling that I have. But again, Aquaman was fluffy. That's the problem. But he did that in the in the vein of essentially And what's... that's not to say I didn't enjoy Aquaman. Because no, I did I, enjoy it. Yeah, so did I. So did I. Right, it was a good movie, but I wouldn't say it was, oh my God, that was awesome. No. It was okay. No, there were elements in that movie where I was like, oh, that's cool, that's cool, but... Exactly, but it didn't in general, wow me. No. You know, no. I didn't... Leave the movie going, wow. It's been a incredible. long time since I've been wowed. The last time I was wowed from a movie 
No, no, no. No, after that. Oh, what? Alita. Oh, yeah, okay. Alita was the last one that I left that movie going, wow. We saw that before Endgame, though. Was it before or after? I can't remember. Way before. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, look, Ming, but I wouldn't count Endgame because that was a long time coming. Yeah, how? That was course. something that was building up for years. For, but, what? again, the last movie I kind of wow. Like, especially for a, a, something that's, like, original. Yeah. That was, a well, that was amazing. Again, that would have been a cool universe to explore. And I hope, look, they're still, like, a lot of the fans are still petitioning for them to keep the series going, which I hope it does get the pickup. As to whether that does, it's different a, story. It's, it, I still think it's a movie and a series that deserves it. Yeah, 100%. that movie on its own did fantastic. Mm. And I think it deserves more. But that's a completely other discussion. Yeah. Back to Wonder Woman. What? Just, a, yeah. What else can you say? What? There's this obviously. Tell me. I'm, I'm trying to remember because we. That's the problem with having these discussions after we watch this before we record is that we think of all this shit and then we go to record and we forget. Yeah, but I think what I keep coming back to is I went in with an expectation that there was going to be some sort of balance in terms of carrying what Gal Gadot brought to the role in the original, hoping that she would reclaim that part, hoping that she would reclaim the fight sequences, because, yes, we've spoken about visual effects, yeah, but it was a complete letdown in terms of what I saw her capable of. And something I said to you last night is I haven't fully yet gauged the power and what she's capable of. Yes, they haven't probably displayed how powerful she is. No, and, you know... for someone who is not a comic book head or, you know, knows her backstory and what she's capable of, I want to gauge that on screen. I yeah. want to see the live action version. So of this that. is the thing that really shits me about the Wonder Woman character. Because they can and they haven't replicated it on screen and I still don't understand why they haven't. Because you re- like if you look at the comics of Wonder Woman now, or like let's say when for those of you who do follow comics, when the new fifty two launched, she was an absolute boss yeah she was ridiculously powerful but it was wasn't until then that they gave her the ability to fly yeah right but if you want to show a strong female protagonist make her as powerful as she is in the comics show her show us that she's the one that can go toe-to-toe with superman yeah yeah that's a big fucking claim and that's what i want to see that's huge and we haven't seen that the closest we got was Justice League. No, it wasn't that. It was Superman. Oh, Batman versus Superman. <sighs> Your favorite. When they were fighting Doomsday. Yeah. That's the closest we've seen. Yeah. To her being that powerful. Yeah. And we haven't seen a glimpse of it since. Like, what the actual shit? Why? Why do they keep pulling the character back and not making her as strong as she's supposed to be? I don't understand it. And these are the questions that are going to keep continually being posed. Is it that sort of thing? Like, I, I'm, a, I'm just going to say it. I don't give a fuck. Is it because I think, oh, it, she's a woman? It can't like, be. fuck off. It can't be. No. It doesn't, regardless of if she's a woman, she's a fucking demi-human. She's part God. Yeah. Make her as powerful as a God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you could do it for fucking Hercules. Why not fucking Wonder Woman? I don't get it. It's so frustrating. Frustrating. Ah. Still my heading. Breathe. Yeah, that's it. That was a good exhale. Just leave it. Let it sit with you a little bit. 
and how much you enjoyed Batman vs Superman and how much you enjoyed Justice oh, Don't you League. fucking st- shut the fuck up. <laughs> fuck you and your stupid fucking head. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for us to do an episode on the Lost Boys remake. You are going to get fucking roasted a lot. That's if it even happens. Frog I, sisters. I, I, I'm not going to flinch to it. I'm not yes, you already are. No, I'm not. I'm not going to get defensive. See, you're already it. getting defensive. No, I'm not. Now you're trying to bait me. Um, I don't have to bait. But in the event that, like, you've got the luxury that with Batman, there has been incredible movies made on him. Mm. So you have a bit of groundwork with that. Of course. The Lost Boys is something so iconic for me that if they do decide to recreate based off what society is now, Mm. we're not going to get the strong characters that I did from the original. Yeah. And I'm going to be devastated at that because. They're not going to have the people who made 80s vampire movies directing the new ones. No. They're going to have new age millennial fuckwits who have no idea. You know, the best example of this is... of The craft. Yeah, it's the craft. That's the perfect example. Yeah. And if I get some bullshit fucking social commentary in that, I'm going to catch a flight and I'm going to bomb the fucking production company. Easy there, fella. Nah, man. I thought, for someone who wasn't getting angry and didn't want to get triggered, you just triggered yourself. No, I know. Because there is... Welcome to my world. (laughs) But, like, I look at it, like, you know, again, Blade. Mm. Another prime example. That was an incredible first film. First film, yes. Yeah. Look, I still love... Second film, yes. Yeah, thank you. Number three, Trinity. Eat a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't care if you include Jessica Biel and Ryan Reynolds in it. It doesn't substitute the fact that there was just a complete lack of story and it was stupid. Yeah. Um, yep. But with the new one, I, they've done the, the casting the dif- right so far. But the difference there is that Marvel, ha- like Disney Marvel, have a solid team. When it comes to their directors, when it comes to their producers, when yep. it comes to their writers, they have a solid team. Right? So I don't see that becoming a train wreck. No, I, I don't think it will. I see them doing that right and doing it well. Yeah, because they know that how like they know how much rides on their movies going forward. True. And there was an interesting article I read about how you know now with Deadpool three being that he's going to be incorporated into the Marvel kind of scene. Yeah. And having a hard R rating. Mm. That if they're going to do that, then Blade must have a hard R rating. It has to. Because it would make no sense. You can't do it right unless it's a hard R. Correct. Ah, uh, look, it may be passable as, let's say, uh, oh wait, but uh, what's called the states don't do MA, do they? No. Okay, so it needs to have an R rating. Yes. Um, so for me, it, it's definitely a situation in which that's the path that they need to take. Like again, you know, we come back to this a lot about them having the right formula. Mm. They have for a, a long time now, and. They've stepped it up another notch in terms of what they were able to accomplish. Like, I'm not specifically Marvel, but the writers, Mandalorian. Like, it's just, it it shows that they have the potential. Yeah. You get the right people to do the job, you're guaranteed success. Definitely. Definitely. So, And you know what? It's going to translate, and I think we're going to get the biggest glimpse of it from what, as far as Marvel's concerned here. I know we're going off topic here, but... We're going to get the biggest glimpse of it on the Marvel side of things from two points. Doctor Strange? No, oh. before that. Oh, okay. So you're gonna, I think we're going to get a good insight 
from what we're expecting from first of all what one division. Yeah, that's going to give us a, that first kind of no, like I guess like let's say a notification. Yeah, right. And the second will be what's I'm just trying to think what's the first of the newer DC, Marvel movies to come out. Is it Eternals? It's the first one. Yes, that'll be the first yeah. one. It'll be WandaVision and Eternals. I don't know if you saw, but recently, um, I actually saw it on a TikTok, that they had all the actors from the Eternals standing on like on stage together. And I was like, that's a serious fucking lineup. It is. That was a Comic-Con. Okay, well, yeah. Um, I didn't know about that, but... Yeah, that was um, a Comic-Con. Seeing that, I'm like... That's a star-studded cast. Yeah, but again, the future of these Marvel movies, I think we're going to get the biggest hints of how they're going to turn out from those t- from that show and that movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So, you know, if if you were at the helm of <laughs> no, hear me out, <laughs> please. If you're at the helm please. of DC now, uh, knowing the I'll- step that they've taken with what's happened with Wonder Woman. Apart from obviously Flashpoint, what other measures would you put in place to recover what's happened? I was born to answer this question. Go, go, tell born. me. Okay, so this is what I would do first and foremost. Whatever new project they're working on, scrap it. No. Oh. No, no. I find out what it is first and foremost. Find out the source material. Go to the writer's room at, with a stack of those issues, hand them out. Yeah. I want you guys to read this minimum five times, then and then we'll meet up again and we'll go from there. Yeah, I would do the same thing with the with the producers and the director. Mm-hmm. Read that fucker. I want you to memorize it. Then let's come back, let's discuss this, and see how we can translate it into a movie. Yeah. If you can't do that, then don't you, you bother don't showing up. Here. Yeah. Don't belong. You don't belong here. Fuck off. Yeah. Because if you don't, this is. This shit that we're seeing now, this is what we're going to keep getting. Yeah. And it's going to keep flopping and it's going to bomb. I understand the whole thing of like not just making it a direct copy of a comic and having some creative liberty and creative freedom to kind of change it and shape it the way that you wanted to shape it. That's fine if it makes sense. Mm. But most of the time, it's just there just because. Yeah. Like, what the fuck for? They're, they're fillers. Yep. They literally are. Yep. You want to build an expansive universe before you do anything else by working on a single project. What's the big overhauling story here? Mm. Let's iron that out first and and play because then we've got our basically our map of we're going to start here to get here. Mm. Okay, to have a framework. And then yeah, then once we've got the framework, then we work out the in betweens of where to go. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Simple as that. It's not that I, I don't understand why it's so hard to do. Yeah, I, it's something I just that, don't get it. You know, we've had multiple conversations in relation to this about why a, Mar- a DC is essentially a train heading to fucking Auschwitz. And I don't understand. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> send all the writers to the chamber. We'll, we'll make a movie out of it and call it a day in Warsaw. Honestly, it'd probably be better than what they've produced. <laughs> But the thing I don't get, and I know I've said I don't get it a lot in this episode. I've Mm. said it a ton. But it's the whole thing of, like, I've I've shown you and I've explained to you how good the stories of DC Comics are. Yeah, 100%. How in-depth they are, how much detail there is, how much underlying, like, like actual, like, themes there are through the stories and how, like, the kind of, the stories are- It's layered. They're so layered. Yeah. But they never kind of translate that 
into the movies. No. I still don't. What's the why? Yeah, there's such good stories, and yet they're piles of shit. Mm, mm. I agree. I agree completely. I, just, I don't like it. It's as if like I know they've had to step up to kind of to kind of get on the same bearing as basically to catch up to what Nolan did. Right? It's not going to happen again. They're never ever going to be able to they're recreate not gonna, that. No. They're not going to be able to get on that same pedestal that Nolan did. No. Right? And I think he had that good mix of knowing source material, but then also adapting it to Screenplay. suit his filming style. Yeah, yeah. Which that's what needs to happen. Yeah. Right? But not without going ridiculously off course. And, and it's, again, finding the right directors and, to do these movies. But, but the problem is, is that Nolan did do that with Batman The Dark Knight Rises. How do you mean? That's a whole... Yeah, that's another ball game. We're not going to open that up. Let's not go there because that's a whole big discussion to have. Yeah. Okay? But my point is, is that the stories are so well written and so well layered, why can't those be translated into screen? Yeah. I don't get it. There must be... Because they can do it with the animated films. There must yeah, be live action. Some it's element. Like, there must be some element of what goes on behind the scenes and behind closed doors about what the expectation or what the demand is for what they want to put on screen. Because in essence, that's where that bridge is not being crossed. It's not, you know, like you said, source material is so key to building the right construct of a story, especially when it comes to like to comic book movies. Yeah, like the stories are already written for you. Yeah. You don't have to rewrite them. No. They're there, and it's not an original concept. So it's not effectively. So it's, how do I write this and capture exactly the essence of what the comics books had, but just on a longer format? Exactly. That's all it is. Because, like I just said, the animated movies they've done it with those. Yeah. So scrap the guys that are writing the live action shit. Bring in the writers of the animated stuff. Yeah. That, get them to write it mm. because obviously they're doing something right. Mm. And these these fucking bananas have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. But back so, to Wonder Woman. God, I don't even know. Like, I feel like I should just tell you guys: don't waste your time. Yeah. It's it's honestly it's a bust. It's, it's I don't look if you want to watch it just to know where we're coming from. By all means, go it. for it. Yeah. But don't... I would Just go know into you're not going to get your time back. I would go into it with very low expectations. Yeah, yeah. Just expect some, a movie that's just meh, and the more you think about it, the angrier it makes you. Yeah. So, let's leave it at that, because I yeah. don't want to discuss it anymore, and it shit me. But you know what? I want to end it on... I want to end what would, like a shit movie on a light note. Mm. Gal Gadot is gorgeous. Yes. She's absolutely stunning in every scene of that movie. It's the one thing we can agree on. She's oh my god! So, Lord, I feel good. <laughs> you have not take a picture. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's a wrap, guys. Honestly, you know, as Tony said, it's up to you whether you want to watch it or not. But in my opinion, it's just not worth your time. It's not. So, but you know what? I forgot to do this at the start. I know. So if you haven't say. done so already, guys, be sure to go like and subscribe us on. Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Bullhorn, Google Podcasts, or whatever other podcast platform you use. Also, find us on our social medias on Instagram, Rebels Without a Clue 03, Twitter, Rebels Without a 1, and Facebook, Rebels Without a Clue Podcast, and also on the Generation Random Network Facebook page, as well as Rebels Without a Clue Podcast on YouTube. There we go. That was my first one of the year, and I think, I think I did pretty well with that. You just fucked it then. I know. I fear. I fear. <laughs> 
Fuck. So, kill anyways, me. well. Kill me. Until next time. Rope bridge end. That's true. <laughs> That's just the given. But hopefully <laughs> no That's what they should have done with Wonder Woman. Yeah. Before. Yeah. 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 100%. Well, yeah, until well, next time. Un- well, until next time, guys. Fucking duck.